This episode is brought to you by Eastern Bank, the largest commercial bank headquartered in Massachusetts, with more than two centuries of service to the various communities it serves. Eastern supports investing in people and places that are poised to make a difference, doing good things to help people prosper. To learn more about Eastern Bank, please visit easternbank.com. That's easternbank.com. Hi, I'm Juliet Mayers. Welcome to Entering the Inspiration Zone with Juliet Mayers, a podcast for business professionals and entrepreneurs seeking positive connection and professional development. As an accomplished author, speaker, DEI strategist, and member of Forbes Coaches Council, I am living the dream and I love helping others achieve their dreams. Each episode, I will share with you actionable steps that you can take to build the work and life you've imagined. Welcome to season two of Entering the Inspiration Zone. I'm your host, Juliet Mayers. And if you've listened to the trailer for this podcast, you know that I am living the dream, something I do not take for granted. I'm blessed to do work that I love. I'm a speaker, diversity, equity, and inclusion strategist, consultant, advisor, and the author of two books on strategic networking. In my view, all of these topics are interrelated, and I'm thrilled to show you how in my third book, which will be published by Forbes. So stay tuned. In this episode, we're talking about one of my favorite topics, personal branding, as it relates to repositioning your brand. In season one, I spoke with Donna Latson Gittens, the CEO of More Advertising, about her journey. And for those of you who've read my books, you know, you've heard me define personal branding. So let me do that just in case you haven't heard my definition before. Your personal brand is the embodiment of who and what you represent in the mind of others. It is the essence of your emotional, physical, interpersonal, and professional attributes that shapes your reputation and how others view you. You'll find a link to the Guide to Strategic Networking, one of my books, in the show notes. We all must do our best to build personal brand equity and evolve the story of our brands. Your reputation, your communication style, your personal attributes, and the quality of your work all contribute to your personal brand. So check out episode 11. And that will give you a little more background on the brand story in that particular episode. I talk about why it's so important to build your brand story. And so you'll get more information there. But today, we're going to focus on how you reposition. To grow and to prosper, we must have relevant brands. Also, at different points in our lives, we have to change what we do and what we say, and essentially rewrite or modify the story of our brand. This is true for professionals entering new industries, entrepreneurs, students, 
and for those advancing within the same organization. The brand attributes that served you well in one position could actually detract from your effectiveness in other situations. There's actually a a popular book, What Got You Here Won't Take You There, that describes a lot of those concepts. So as it relates to your personal brand, it is important to re-examine your personal vision for yourself, what I call your grand vision, which means you also need to modify your goals and take stock of your social and professional networks. The people who have surrounded you to this point may not be the same people who support you on your next leg of the journey. Let me say that again. (laughs) The people who have surrounded you to this point on your journey may not be the same people who support you in the next leg of your journey. Not necessarily because they don't want to. They just may not have the tools, the access, the know-how to do so. And so we have to be smart. We have to be strategic. We have to be flexible in making sure that we are reaching out to the right people at the right time. So how you message and how you tell your story is very important. Your story is very unique to you. And it's a point of differentiation. If you haven't done so, listen to episode 11, where I talk about telling your story. So how do you reposition your personal brand and the story of your brand? Let's examine a business transition that requires thoughtful consideration of your story and provide you with examples of things you can do to reposition your brand, always with an eye towards maximizing the effectiveness and the quality of your relationships and your networks. When I coach executives, the term meritocracy comes up a lot. It's this belief that decisions are made based on objective sets of criteria, and therefore there's very little room for subjectivity or for people lobbying for positions. I find it quite fascinating because my lived experience tells me differently. After decades of working in corporate spaces, I've learned that a lot of other factors are at work, particularly for women and people of color. As long as there are human beings involved in the process, there will be subjectivity. And actually, this has been proven even with artificial intelligence. Yes, that too is developed by human beings and as a result can actually have the human bias built into it. That's a story for another day. That's not our topic today. But I'm not here to argue that point. What I am here to do is to help you reposition your brand so that you can break away from the pack and advance, whether that's within your current organization or at a new one. So let's start with the inside. And actually, the example I'm going to give in this particular episode is going to be an inside of an organization. And the principles apply externally as well and in a lot of different situations. So we're going to pick a persona for the sake of this example. Let's call her Marlene. So Marlene is doing a great job and wants to position herself for a promotion. In this case, she's going after that SVP of marketing position. She is very embarrassed to admit that she'd not done a very good job of internal 
networking. And so here she is feeling like she's not necessarily built the reputation or the tools. So here's what happened. Marlene landed in her current role when her boss left abruptly. And so she's been serving on an interim basis with the promise that the executive leadership team will reward her efforts. She hasn't been given a specific timeline, and now it's six months into this interim role since she took the new responsibilities, and not much has changed. The irony is that Marlene has been so focused on making sure that she hit her marketing deliverables that she has not made the time to get to know her peers beyond her transactional work. She's turned down all internal invitations from her colleagues, not because she doesn't like them, but because she just does not have time for anything but the work. She viewed the virtual company-supported charity fundraiser as a complete waste of time because she already contributed dollars to the organization. She didn't see the need to spend her valuable time attending an event when she's already given. She sent a courteous decline to the CEO's chief of staff saying, thanks so much, but can't make it. So here's the backstory around Marlene's decline. Actually, this is her third one within the last quarter. Last month, her peers attended an executive golf outing. And by the way, this was held on a workday. Marlene declined that invitation as well. She spent the day catching up on reading and marketing reports. She'd been meaning to get to. And besides, she doesn't like golf in the first place. Doesn't have an interest, not even in attending the golf clinic for the new golfers. The first invitation was what Marlene perceived to be another colossal waste of time. A presentation on DEI strategy and the intersection with ESG. After all, her team helped create the presentation. Why is she going to spend valuable time sitting through a discussion with her peers? Her peers and the executive team perceive Marlene as someone who gets things done. But they're wondering, does she have what it takes to lead in the SVP role? In their view, Marlene doesn't seem to value her peer relationships. They're wondering about her emotional intelligence. Not to say that turning down the invitation of the E-team and that's the executive team (laughs) and the CEO are necessarily career limiting, but three times in a row? Maybe so. So how can Marlene reposition her brand from doer to senior executive? Drum roll, please. To change perceptions, she has to change her thoughts and her behaviors, and she needs to communicate the changes to the world. So what do I mean by that? Marlene does this all the time for her internal clients and the campaigns that she oversees in marketing. However, like many of us, she's not been thoughtful about transitioning her own brand from doer to executive material. So what can she do? If you want to be an SVP, act like an SVP. Start and end with the focus on relationships. It's amazing to me that so many people I talk to, including some that I coach, will say, you know, I really love my job. 
if it wasn't for the people, <laughs> right? if it wasn't for those pesky relationships, if it wasn't for my peers interrupting, if it wasn't, and you get the picture. The bottom line is, when you are ascending to that level, it's all about the relationship. And if you're building and cultivating those networks, you know that. So my advice to Marlene is to say yes to the relationship building activities like the golf clinic, like the charity option, like going out with her peers. And not to say ignore her work. However, there needs to be some balance. There needs to be some strategic networking and there needs to be tangible signs of support for the things that matter to her CEO and to her peers, right? And so in this example, the people with whom Marlene wants to call her peers and her boss, they need to feel supported. And if they don't feel supported, right, we want to do business with people we like, people we trust, and people we feel comfortable with. And part of that relationship building is doing all of those things, reaching out, supporting each other, and et cetera. So in addition to taking action, Marlene's story also needs to be about modifying and reflecting the repositioning of her brand in her conversations, in meetings, in one-on-ones, every form of communication. For example, so you may be saying, like, how, how does she do that? Integrating and making sure she is including in her conversations key things that are relevant and important to her peers and to her boss. So for example, let's say she did attend the golf clinic, which we're recommending that in future she does these things, right? Then making sure that others know that she did, the appropriate people, of course, and we don't have time to go into the politics of all of that, but we have to telegraph to people when there is a change and we have to telegraph to them what it is that we want them to know and what we want to be memorable. We all have very, very short attention spans and some people may think of it as spoon feeding, but you know what? If that's what is required, then do it. So in meetings, in communications, in coffee chats, whatever, making sure that she is telegraphing and communicating to her peers things that are important to them and also taking time to build the relationship with them. So something as simple as going to lunch and listening carefully to them their stories, their journeys, and interweaving key things about her that she wants them to know. Because until this point, they've been thinking of her as Marlene to doer, and they want to know that she is Marlene, my peer, and somebody who cares about me, and someone who's going to have my back. And so it will be important for her to do those things. And she can integrate these key messages into, you know, she can even think ahead quite frankly, of what are some of those things that she wants to convey in addition to performance metrics, which she's so focused on. And that's important too. Yeah, we had a great campaign, exceeded our goals by 20%. That's fabulous. You know, I really enjoyed the golf clinic and getting to know you better, Suzanne, right? So these are all things that she can begin to shift the thinking so that people begin to see her in that 
pure role and not just as a doer. So one thing I want to point out here, you know, because oftentimes when I talk about networking, people always go to the external. And I've actually had friends in the HR world who would say to me, you know, I don't want to send my people to anything about networking because they may leave. Well, you know what? They may leave anyways. Uh, The key thing is about the relationships and the same skills can actually be executed internally. So in the context of our Marlene persona, reaching out internally should not be overlooked. Looking for opportunities to network strategically in whatever situation that you're in, whether it's something that you're taking the lead on a project or whatever, your internal colleagues and peers and superiors, all of them, they're all part of the people, the group. They're watching you. Your brand is being judged whether or not you intend it to be. So be intentional about what it is that you want people to take away from it. Too often we think of networking in very narrow terms. And so let's make sure that we're shifting our thinking to have that internal focus as well. And what about those who are working remotely? Does this still apply? There's some executives who are convinced that they cannot do business virtually. Yes, that's even after spending two years, right? Working in a virtual world during the pandemic and some continue to do so. And I get it. For some, it's really more about connection, that strong pull that we all feel when we're sitting across from someone and you can really get a better understanding of the nuances, get a feel for how they're, if what they're saying aligns with their actions. And, and so I get that. I think I, and it's also about connecting to each other, right? Collaboration, creating space for colleagues to get each, to know each other and all of that. That said, I agree that in person is great. And at the same time, we must get used to virtual communications because they're here to stay. So let's not forget that the phone too is a way of communicating for those who may be fatigued with the virtual communication of Zooms and Teams and other platforms. And so we want to make sure that we're strengthening all of our ties along these communication channels. So when you're thinking about modifying your brand story and messaging and telegraphing, communicating, what's new and different about you in in the hopes of repositioning your brand, don't forget to deploy multiple channels, not just your meeting, not just your in-person, but take a look at how does that play out across all channels. A word regarding timing on this. The best time to prepare for transitions, whether it's Marlene in her situation, uh, my fictitious Marlene, or whether it's a college intern who is now becoming a full-time employee, whatever the situation is, it's always a good idea to have a plan. And so these are skills we want to develop regardless of whatever tier we're in and think about when are there opportunities, when are there situations in life when you need to rethink your strategy, rethink your grand vision, and rethink how you are going to reposition and re-message, retell your story 
in a way to increase your effectiveness and to help you accomplish whatever that goal might be that you have for yourself. It's always better that you initiate the change when you can than others. I always say better to take the initiative than to have things done to you, right? And we can't always be in total control. However, we can be in control of our stories. Not always the total story. However, there are things that you have control over. And so let's be sure to control the message whenever we can and to reposition our brands so that we can be effective and successful. So to summarize, all of us experience changes in life and some of the biggest shifts may be unexpected. Yet others can be initiated, right? In any case, we must take action to reposition our brands and the stories we tell about them. And in this context, we talked about personal brands. Let's review a couple of things that I want you to take away as you try to make it real in your own lives and in your journey. So number one, start with your grand vision. If you're repositioning your brand, if something is shifted, take a look. Is your vision, is that big, audacious vision that you have, is that still true? Do you need to change it? Is it, does it need to be tweaked? And if it does, and it probably does, then go ahead and do so. And also take a look at your goals while you're at it. You also need to define your audience. In this case, Marlene's audience was her peers and the CEO because she's trying to get promoted. Now, of course, what her subordinates say about her, that's important too. However, the primary relationships she needs to focus on in this instance, her peers and her CEO, and making sure that she's helping to shift their thinking by shifting her story and the actions that go with it, of course. The third is, What are the thoughts and the behaviors that you need to change to make that real? And so you do that and immediately after take action. No point in creating a plan and then not acting on it, right? You want to take action. And next you want to, the fourth, review your brand story. What is it? What are the key messages that you need to communicate and to integrate into your meetings, into your one-on-ones, into your Zoom coffees, or however else you communicate to signal to the world and to the people you're influencing that the story has shifted and to alert them to think of you differently. It takes a village. And lastly, you want to bring it all together and make sure you execute on that. So hopefully you found some help in this episode for how to think about shifting your brand story. And again, that can be applied across a lot of different examples. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining us on Entering the Inspiration Zone. Until next time, we would love to hear from you. So if you'd like to join our mailing list, please send an email to info at inspirationzone.com llc.com. That's info at inspirationzonellc.com. And be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Thank you and have a fabulous day.